Hi, I'm Sarah Wheeler. And I'm Miranda Rake. And this is the Mother Culture Movie Club, where we take on movies through the lens of motherhood and motherhood through the lens of movies. Welcome to the Mother Culture Movie Club. I want like a theme song. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I maybe I should just come up with one. Well, for today, like, I think oh, today yeah. we need like a soft saxophone. You know, it's Moonlight in Vermont. <laughs> oh, there we go. Which, by the way, like, how did Vermont get that like soulful jazz song? Um, you know, that like Ella and Louie cover, and then it's like, wait, we're talking about Vermont. Um, anyway, we'll get to Moonlight in Vermont and so many more things in a moment. Um, but first I would like to introduce our guest today. We are so excited to have Joe Piazza here with us. She's a journalist. She's the author of seven books. Is it seven? It's 12. Stop it. No. What? There's so many books you they aren't even like on your website anymore. Like they're you're you've like reached just, the quota. I reached capacity and mostly Jeez. I can't I can't figure out how to update my website. So um yeah, there's okay. twelve. There's twelve. I counted them the other day. And uh yeah, I mean that feels crazy, but it's been about a book a year for twelve years. Well that's now. why wow. you're too busy to update your website. Because you're totally like, yeah. writing books. You're writing a book a year um her most recent book her sorry her 12th book uh was just released the sicilian inheritance and joe is a podcaster herself she is a master of podcasts and her podcast under the influence examines social media and in my humble opinion it's highly entertaining and i just also want to say that you're very good at social media like your Instagram reels are super, super funny, lady. And Thank most you. things on Instagram kind of suck. So they do. They do. Instagram is a cesspool of suckery. Uh, and so I just kind of want to be a highlight uh, for someone's day. But being good on social media is something I had to teach myself. It does not come naturally, nor do I like it. That's yeah. fascinating. Can you Thank do you, you mind telling me briefly? This is a total different. But like how much time does it take a day to like on social media the way you are so i refuse to do work on social media for any longer than 15 minutes i will i do i think about what i'm gonna post and then i just do it i don't belabor it i just put it out there and sometimes it's dumb and sometimes it's great and it gets forty thousand views but I'm refusing to let myself freak out about it or give it too much time. I do feed the beast every single day, though, because that is the only way it's the only way the algorithm grows your audience. And I only care about growing the audience because I want to sell my book. This Mm -hmm. is like an inheritance. It's literally it's the only thing I care about on social media is I'm like, buy this book. And if I didn't have to sell that book, I would disappear off social media forever. Right. I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Like now, you know, you just have to have this following and it's, but that's, that sounds very healthy. I think that's really inspiring. Thank you, Joe. Well, it's, I think it explains the freshness of your content. <laughs> well, to be honest, and I do set myself a timer. I do those screen limit things. I go over it quite a bit because I'm interacting with readers a lot in my DMs. I wish that we weren't messaging as much. I'd love it actually if Substack had a messaging platform that you could talk to talk to your followers on because I'm talking to them on Instagram and it forces me onto the platform, Mm. which is genius Mm. of them. So Mm -hmm. I spend more time in it than I would like, but I do, I do set the reminders to remind myself, get the hell off. Like, don't, don't do that scroll right now. You're going to feel like shit afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a little, a new app I downloaded called keep me out. And it like, it'll, Mm -hmm. when I go into Instagram, I can select, it makes me select like how many minutes I want to spend in it. And then it pops up again once I've spent that much time. But what I've learned is that Instagram time, I mean, I know people talk about like, you know, you're scrolling and then you look up and hours have passed, Mm -hmm. but I find it's kind of the opposite where I'm like, I have been in here forever. Like I am at the bottom of the cesspool and then the little thing will pop up and be like, your five minutes are up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, what happens to time in here? Time means nothing. Time Mm -hmm. means time bends, time bends in social media. It does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a a Mobius strip of of Mm -hmm. time is what it is. (laughs) And designed after like slot machines, you know, like when I learned that I was like, oh, like like they just took literally like this brilliant design that like keeps you pulling to like 
keep you on this app. And I was like, this is so simple and so smart. And why and we're all just stuck here. <laughs> just exactly. Voila. <laughs> oh, it's so simple. Um, simple. Speaking yeah. of your passions, Joe, mm. um, we brought you on today because, you know, I mean, you were endlessly entertaining, as as we've said, but also you, I, I believe, have a passion for baby boom. I do. And I do. yeah. Miranda does. She she wrote an article, a very beautiful piece about watching baby boom with her mom for romper last year Mm -hmm. um so i i kind of feel like i'm just kind of the uh, i don't know the bystander here i did rewatch baby boom you're the you're the unicorn unicorn in our baby boom throuple exactly i'm just kind of i'm like the the baby boom switzerland Mm -hmm. um but boy do i have questions for you so I would love to get into baby boom. I, I want to do a little bit of table setting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's hard for me to imagine that anybody missed baby boom or forgets it. I know, um, right? But I will refresh or create memories for, for listeners who fit into the, that category. Uh, baby boom is the 1987 rom-com. Is it? Are we calling it a rom com? Mm-hmm. Well, I, ra- I have, thought, I have thoughts. I have it's thoughts. It's a on love that. story. Okay. I think it it's a love a, story, but it's, it's not a love story. A man it's and a, a woman. Story. No, is it's it? a love story between a woman and an orphaned child. Yes, is what it is. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll, we'll we'll return to that, but I'll I'll I'll, take, I'll accept that for now. Uh, it's by rom com master Nancy Myers and her then husband. Charles Shire. Mm -hmm. It stars the impeccable Diane Keaton as J.C. Wyatt, a tough-as-nails career lady who's about to make partner at her (laughs) business job. Here's another one of my... You mean the tiger lady? She's Her business job. It's an ad firm. It's an ad firm, right? Uh, Is it? Yeah. I I feel like... Because that's what happens with Country Baby. Not to... I think they're business consultants. I don't know. Mm. I thought it was ad- advertising. I thought it was advertising okay, and marketing. They're definitely, it's definitely very worky work. Very, it's, and... it's, it's one of those jobs where it's like, we've got an account. Like mm-hmm, the account mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of lunches. Mm-hmm. A lot of lunches. And James Spader. Um, power lunches. And yeah. power James lunches. Spader is at every important job is something mm-hmm. I've learned. Mm-hmm. And he's always like looking out for himself mm-hmm. and trying to creep up on, on your position. Gotta watch out. So at her, she's at worky work, work, work times all the time. And she is literally handed a baby, which was left to her in the will of a distant cousin. She and her boy, Ghostbuster Harold Ramis, don't know how to change a diaper, but she is powerless against nature and falls in love with the baby, even while all the men in her company think it's disgusting that she has toys in her office and sometimes talks about nipples. She gets told she's in keeping up and she decides to wait for it, quit her job, get rid of her apartment and all her expensive African masks, although she keeps like a kind of nice wall quilt and buy a house on an apple orchard in Vermont where she discovers country life isn't all it's cracked up to be, falls for a local veterinarian with like a snaggle tooth and invents natural baby food, cornering the market and making herself so valuable that she gets to turn down a $3 million offer, which was like, I don't know, uh, um, a trillion dollars in 1987. Yeah, 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 totally. There's no way to know. Yeah. From the very firm that title sevened her in the first act. And there are a parade of incredible 80s skirt suits, a few fabulous Keaton wacky meltdowns, and a truly delightful butt thermometer scene. And of course, Moonlight in Vermont. Uh, And I I mean, a lot of other things that we're going to get into. But that is kind of the crux, the plot of Baby Boom, which I got to tell you, when I rewatched it this weekend, I I tried to watch it with my kids mm. and they were so disturbed for on behalf of the baby that they could not get through it um they oh. were very worried that nobody was gonna take proper care of that baby 
Don't watch but, three, don't watch Three Men and a Baby with them. Oh man, all oh my, my favorite God. childhood movies. I know are, are baby abuse. Yeah, it it I it's a little disturbing at first in the like five minutes before. Yeah, I feel like it's only like eight. Woman's minutes. instinct kicks in and she falls in love with the baby and magically knows how to take care of her. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, it was not how I remembered it. I mean, all of that plotty plot. I just just like she doesn't know what to do with a baby. She has it. They make baby food. Done. So watching it as as an adult was very interesting. Um, it's different. It hits. Yeah. It hits differently as as an adult, but then I think it hits differently again as a mother. I want to so, hear about Joe. Your yes, history with this movie, because for me, this movie is about. I can't think about Baby Boom without thinking about my history with this movie. This is all about like oh, watching yeah. it as a child, returning it. You know, and and so it's hard. I can't. I can't look at this movie critically because of what it means to me. It's like too deep. So yeah, well, I want to hear I like, your history. I like what you just said about, I like you just said the word returning it, which means you were getting it from the video store, right? <laughs> well, because... we were until we taped it off TV and then we had it forever. Right, right. And nice. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like very visceral reactions to that because I too remember holding the baby boom VHS in my hand in its cardboard cover but we we also taped it off tv at one point i loved taping things off tv mm-hmm. well you have to fast forward the commercials so the it, but it did, but it didn't matter just i like loved the process of having this VH, vhs tape and then writing the label mm-hmm. on it oh, yeah. and you know and then someone always like recorded over your baby boom and you're like god damn it now i have to go to the blockbuster to get baby boom mm-hmm. but i i watched it relatively young i mean probably like se- it came out in 88 right 87 87 so I okay three i was four i was, I was three. eight i was eight okay. and so um i was i was seven when it came in theaters i didn't see it in the theater but i saw it on vhs at home and i remember watching it with my mom and it felt like an adult movie which i really yeah. liked and it was one of the one of the first kind of adult movies i watched it was about grown-ups doing grown-up things like going to an office and so that struck me really officey office i'm sorry i cannot belabor that point enough the fanciest officey office of offices is what it was and i thought like it was it was just it was a comforting movie diane Mm -hmm. diane keaton felt very very comforting to me i like loved everything about her as like chic busy working woman my mom was a teacher you know she like she didn't have that kind of corporate job and I remember seeing Diane Keaton and thinking I want to be her Mm -hmm. I want to be I want to go into an office in a city with tall buildings and wear these skirt suits and like you know I I think in one scene she has like the big fancy like necktie around her neck um Mm -hmm. Like the the like bow in the blouse in the skirt yes. suit, like the stewardesses used to wear when they kind were like of, yes, stewardesses. Yes. And like, there's a lot of neck. There's a lot neck of neck neck accoutrement. Um, yeah, and her and, legs are like because she gets the legs. jitter thing. You know, yes. she does that jitter when she's nervous, and it's like they show her in these heels and like she's got you know nylon pantyhose right and like to me that was totally i used to walk around the closet in my stepmom's heels she Mm -hmm. had these like patent leather um like red ones that i was like i was always like when i'm a grown-up can i have these and it was like you know and i would be like checking on it all the time like can can i still have them when i'm a grown are they for me are they gonna be mine Mm -hmm. and like she was always like yes you know it was like, yeah, totally. Diane Keaton was like, okay, this is the glamour lady that like, oh, I'm going to be someday. The glamour. Wait, where are the heels? The glamour lady. Yeah, where are the heels I never now? actually got them. And now my feet are oh. too big. Like, um, <laughs> oh, okay. Sad. All right. I know. Okay. So Joe, you, you wanted, you were like, this is who I, I want to be, be when I grow I want to be J.C. Wyatt. I want to mm-hmm. be J.C. Yeah. Wyatt. I loved that she was bossing all of the men in the office around. Yeah, that's fun. You know, what didn't hit me at the time was she's also the only woman in the office. Uh, except the secretaries. Except, well, that's what I was going to say, except for the secretaries. But I, I didn't notice that. I didn't. The baby arriving I really felt because I I was identifying with JC as this powerful woman, I felt for her. I remember being like, why is this baby messing up JC's plans and JC's like power lady life? Uh, And I, I like 
felt myself in her power pumps of being like, yeah, this is a lot. I was also very confused about why she was married, why she was with Egon from mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which was yeah. another movie that I saw around the same time. I'm like, oh, that why doesn't Egon want that baby? Like Spangler seems like he would be so nurturing. And she was like so beautiful and glamorous to me. And then like they were like laying in bed and I was like, oh, he's a gross. That's gross. gross. Like she should be with like a an equally beautiful man. Equally beautiful man. And he seems very gross. Yeah. yeah. That's an important lesson to learn as a child. (laughs) Yeah. The you know, the differential between men and women in in relationships. Did you know that Harold Ramis is like a nine? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Harold Ramis is definitely a nine in in that world. In that world, James Spader is super cute. I mean, yeah. he's a dude. He's a douchebag in that movie, much as he is in Pretty in Pink when he's mm-hmm. Steph. But mm-hmm. he's a he's definitely like a doable douchebag. Oh yeah. 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 He's like danger. five years old in this movie, and he's banging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Did um yeah. Joe? Did your mom work? So she she was a teacher. She was a, te- she was a mm. teacher, yeah, a special ed teacher. So she worked outside of the home. Oh yay! Um, so was I. She, she was a ama- an amazing special ed teacher, and I was with her a lot too because that was the age when during sick days I would go like sit in the teachers' lounge. Mm-hmm. I, that probably oh. doesn't happen now, but in the eighties that was childcare. And oh, I did that. I went to my mom was a de- my mom was a professor, and like all my sick days are like me sitting off to the side, and like playing with the. Um, overhead projector when I was two, and I was like in the corner like doing that my mom was trying to like talk about Chinese history to all these confused 18 year olds and I'm just like is that done yet yeah Yeah, well that's a that's a good segue into workplaces being forgiving uh with child care with certain Mm -hmm. kinds of jobs because Mm -hmm. I never noticed as a child I knew I'm like oh the job doesn't like that this baby is around all the time but watching it as as a mother I was incensed that this workplace is so unfriendly to this woman who is clearly going through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it okay, that brings us to my first puzzlement about watching this movie as an adult, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like, I mean, a big crux of the plot is that her work can't tolerate her being a mother. But when it started out, I was like, oh, great, here we go. This is going to be a commentary on the misogyny of the workplace. But then it like kind of wasn't no. like these guys were like, so, you know, her bosses like all kind of look like white guy Muppets mm-hmm. and they say things like, you know, he, you, hey, you know, like when he's saying he wants her to become partner at the fancy lunch restaurant, um, that I imagine is only open for business lunches. Only, uh, yes. And you have to get two martinis. Yeah, or you're exactly. <laughs> right. And like, if you don't close a deal, you know, they add 20% to your mm-hmm. check or something. But he's like, you know, hey, you're not thinking about getting married or having a baby, right? You know, because we need you 24-7, eight days a week. And he's like, listen, I can do this because I'm a man. My wife, like, mm-hmm. takes care of everything. Um, and I listening to that, I was like, gross, but also... He's kind of being like nice and honest. Mm-hmm. He's not saying like women are inferior. He's saying like my entire life is propped up by my wife. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's something that like even, you know, whatever, 35 years later, we're like proud of men for admitting. So it was almost like, oh, I don't know if this guy is a misogynist. He's he's kind mm-hmm. of a realist. And then, you know, when the baby comes, they... I mean, it, you know, there's some hilarious moments where the men are like kind of can't cannot deal with the fact that like she there's a teddy bear in. Oh, on the no, table it's or gross. Whatever. That's the grossest. It's thing disgusting. Ever. It's disgusting. But like they don't actually like the the like them discriminating her amounts to the guy saying like, hey, you had a kid. It changes things. Maybe in like a year we can give you that partnership. But like right now you have to, you know, like it just seems like you're distracted. And of course I was like offended by that, but it was actually kind of generous and and true, you know. And so I I was like, I I thought we were going to like really take down the male dominated workplace. And instead we were kind of being like. That's how it is. And like, isn't it funny that babies make it weird? So what 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 is this movie saying? It it feels very like 
I don't know, second wave feministy maybe that it's just like still kind of without any awareness that like the kind of workplace patriarchy is bad, that like the only job is for women to like figure it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? What What yes. is your take on that, Joe? So many, so many takes, so many takes. I and mean, looking back now, what is striking is the honesty about it, right? It's that we don't want mothers here. Get out. Um, whereas now the language is so much more veiled uh, when the, and everyone, every workplace like pretends to be very, very um family friendly oh uh, i forgot he does her boss does say you know i don't think of you as a woman right that yes, part i did exactly love. exactly <laughs> honest um, and so i do think that like that is refreshing but then going back to watch it you're like oh my gosh this essentially says that that women cannot have corporate jobs that mothers cannot have corporate jobs and that and that is that you can be a mother or you can be a corporate lady and there, there is no in between. And that is just what stabs me in the heart watching this as a woman today, because I still think that we do not have nearly as many shows or, or movies that show successful and happy working mothers. Well, yeah. I think that do you, you know, something that this is like extremely relevant to me right now because about a month ago I was laid off, which I haven't mm -hmm. mentioned on the podcast yet, but that's like um, a thing that's happening with me and in digital media in general and tech and lots of people are getting Did laid they off. tell you they, they don't think of you as a woman, but <laughs> they did not. you just need to get your shit together um, and maybe next year? No, but you know, no. the first thing that happened when I got laid off was that I felt relief and... I don't want to, you know, be a be a bad feminist, but also I working full time and being a mother was making me really miserable, like 40 hours a week of salaried structured work like that was um, it felt so hard and it felt like it robbed me of a lot of the joy that I'm supposed to get from having my children, because by the time I saw them at the end of the day, we were all wrecked. And yeah. and yeah, and so I was like, this sucks, actually. Um, and it sucks for like a million reasons that are cultural as much as like corporate. And I think in, the, you know, in this movie, what the scene you're talking about, Sarah, where they're at lunch, um, and I quote that scene in my romper article about the movie where he says, because he's talking about what his wife does for him, the, the her boss says, I'm lucky I can have it all. And JC responds, I don't want it all. And yes. that's yes. because so she can't. She's acknowledging that she can't have it all. Have it all, quote, quote. And I And she chooses work. Yeah. Well, right. And then the next day she gets the baby and then she right. chooses the baby. And I think that what disturbed me about this movie, rewatching it with my mom, who I had watched it with growing up, was um how true it still feels like you you our society our culture is not structured in such a way that i think allows us i feel um to have a, a quote quote like high-powered career and feel satisfaction in motherhood i think that we accept like misery <laughs> as the trade-off for working motherhood and absolutely absolutely yeah. yes yes and i hate um, that and so we choose i'm currently at least choosing not misery and more like financial misery in in exchange for hopefully some sense of balance and happiness we'll see we'll see right right well because it is refreshing to hear someone say you can't have it all mm -hmm. you can't have it all right now you can maybe have it all at some point, but not mm -hmm. all. If you're a woman, you can't have all of the things all at once. Because mm -hmm. no one's going to support you in that. Because no one is going to support you in that. And I think mm -hmm. this movie was just such a reminder of that. And a sad reminder in that we haven't, the world hasn't changed in, we're nearly 40 years out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I watched it last year, um it was 35 years like the 35th anniversary or something and 35 um, years 
Yeah. But wait, but I just, in the world of the film, if we're taking the world of the film as, you know, as true, which, which we are doing, obviously. Always. Yeah. I, I would challenge that, like, she does end up having it all. I mean, she, she has this big kind of like her, you know, America Ferreira speech that turns out not really to be a feminist speech, I think. No, it's not. And in the boardroom, right. Where she, she turns down this deal to buy her baby food company and, you know, I, you think, at least I did as a viewer, that she's going to be like, fuck you guys. You guys are like misogynist assholes. And she's not at all. She's just like, this is the rat race and I don't want to be a rat. And it's like a very nice speech. It doesn't feel at all kind of like the revenge that I was looking for. Um, which maybe like I'm, you know, looking for simplicity in movies, Mm -hmm. but then she goes on and she does have it all. I mean, she doesn't work in the, whatever the worky work, jobby job office park, but she has like an incredibly valuable company. She has employees. She's like driving around from place to place. She, I guess like her baby can kind of hang out at work, but like, it's not like she's not working her ass off anymore she's totally working her ass off much in the way watching it as an adult and i watched it for the first time as a mom during my first maternity leave uh which was in san francisco which i hated it was you know just a place where i didn't have any friends and i didn't have a community and it was hard to make friends because once you did they moved out of the city because it they weren't rich people and i was watching it as I was meeting all of these women who had quit their tech jobs because it wasn't family friendly to become entrepreneurs. I'm not going to say the word mompreneurs because it's so reductive, but who yeah, had become and a mouthful and a mouthful, mouthful, mouthful. Now I can't say anything. <laughs> and so, but who had quit their jobs in tech because, you know, working the tech hours is simply not conducive to being a parent. And they started their own businesses, women making organic baby food, seriously organic baby food. And there were like three of them. Um, Women making baby slings, carriers, things like that. And they were working. They were, you know, working, still working, not 80 hours a week, but certainly between 40 and 50 hours a week. They were just working in a way that they could still parent and also influencers i saw that that was when i first became interested in influencers because i was seeing it in person for the first time these women were trying to find a way to adapt to a world that is unfriendly to parents and i think that's Mm. exactly what we saw jc wyatt doing in 1987. yeah i think you know in the Mm. like romper piece i mentioned this and like i think that um so when i rewatched it with my mom we talked about um sort of how she felt about her life as a working mother um i saw my dad but i was mostly with my mom and she worked full-time as a college professor and had me and um i think you know as after the movie we sat there talking about it and i said how did how did that all feel and how did you make it work and um it's only now that she has started to sort of now she's retired and she's talked about um sacrifices she made like you know i didn't go to the drinks thing where all the male professors hung out and talked to each other and kind of schmoozed and um you know she did things a little differently and and that's what she ultimately said though she my mom said um that there were critical moments when i did things in a way that was different from the world around me and that changed the course of my life and i think in a in a way it's right we're seeing jc and you know i i argue in the piece that this is a fairy tale and it's not how it is and the movie's not saying this is how it is and um at the time when it came out um i think it was roger ebert wrote a review where he said all of this is too good to be true, but that's why I enjoyed it. The flaw in Baby Boom is that Keaton's character ends up not having sacrificed a single thing by leaving the business world to become a mom. In fact, she becomes a millionaire as a direct result of keeping the baby. It doesn't often happen that way, but of course it should. And I think I was like, 
acting. <laughs> That's, you know, Nancy Myers is, she writes fairy tales, right? Like this is, this is what we get. And this is um, not how it is, <laughs> but like to see someone find her own way outside of the system. The system is telling her it must be this way. This is the only way. And she's going and she's, you know, she follows her heart and she, and, and it leads her to success. And I think that's how, what we all hope it could be. And, yes. and the corporate world is still male dominated. Like right now in tech, I'm sure Joe, and I'm sure Sarah, you know, people like this too. There's this huge push to of return to office. And I know it's not just tech, but like, um, I'm hearing so much about that. And that is, you know, there are numbers that support the fact that remote work has allowed more women to enter the marketplace and take full-time jobs. There's just been a lot of coverage about that recently that, um, you know, actually more women are working than ever. And they thought after this pandemic slump and, um, and that's largely a lot of that is remote work. And cause it works with motherhood and pickups and drop-offs and all the things. And, you know, the push for return to office feels just a, like a direct slap in the face to, you know, working mothers and, and because, mothers, because like it is parents. Because, because working parents, mm -hmm. working parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, because it is, because right. it is a direct slap in the face because the, the typical work, the, the typical work day was created for men who had wives working inside the home as as stay-at-home mothers and it is impossible to be to have two working parents who go into an office every single day from 9 to 5 and let's be honest it is usually 8 to 6 and also do school drop-offs and doctor's appointments and all of the things that need to be done to keep a family running unless you have heaps and heaps of money and heaps and heaps and heaps of childcare or you live very close by to family, but not just family, family with an asterisk, family that yeah. wants to support and is able to help you with all of the things. We live very close to my mom. It's insanely helpful. She's here right now. She's hanging out with my baby while our babysitter goes to pick up our other two big kids from school. Like this takes a village of people. My mom like doesn't get around that well. She can't take care of my kids full time. She can help out. She can be a helping hand. But I think that, you know, no one can do this on their own unless they're like Godzunks wealthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't think I, I'm guessing the two of you that we've made much progress since 1987. I don't think we've no. made any progress other, since 1987. Other than maybe, Agree. Other than maybe that people um, kind of camouflage their misogyny better. I think that th that's the thing. That is what is so refreshing. It's the one refreshing thing is that he just says it. He just mm -hmm. comes out and says it. Whereas now all of these workplaces claim to be family friendly, to be friendly to the needs of parents and particularly to women. But at the end of the day, they're not. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we still don't. We still usually do not even have a decent maternity leave, much less a paternity leave. My husband works for a, a European company and he still only had a week of paternity leave. Oh I, I've, I've never taken a full maternity leave because I've been working for myself since I started having kids and that luxury doesn't exist. I can't just stop working. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think about, you know, yeah. there is another moment um, of honesty that I appreciate in the movie, uh, which is when she decides she's going to keep the baby and she tells uh, Egon, we're going to call him Egon for clarity's sake. Spangler. And, yeah, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, and again, I expected him to be like, you've changed and like, I don't like you anymore or some kind of veiled, you know, misogynistic response. And instead, he in kind of like a really lovely way, he's just like, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. Like, I, I can't be a father. And she's like, all right, cool. And they like part ways at the train station. And it just, I, I was thinking about all of these men who um, don't think about what it will be like and what they will have to do and how they will have to change or, or not, which we can, you know, dissect when a baby comes and, um, and are expected to be responsible and be partners and then don't. And 
disappoint their partners. And I was like, you know, kind of cheering Egon on for being like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to be helpful and I don't want this. So I'm going to peace out. Uh, whereas a lot of women are stuck with male partners who that's how they feel, but they're still hanging around, you know, needing to be cooked for and cleaned after and resented. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The honesty is great. The honesty blows you away in it. Uh, but no, I think that we've gone backwards. I genuinely think we've gone yeah, backwards agree. since, since 1987. Um, and watching baby boom really is just a stark reminder of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of Stark, I want to talk belts. Oh, um, yes. The, the fits in this film are unreal. And, I, and another way it surprised me is, you know, you watch a film from 1987, you think there's going to be a lot of like hilarious outfits, no, right? No, no, but no, no. But you no, forget no. you're dealing with Diane Keaton. And she and Nancy Myers, who are both, and Nancy Myers. And Nancy Myers, who are both just arbiters of taste. And she looks amazing. Every scene has a new insane belt. Uh, the, the, like, there's a lot of, as we said, neck play. There's kind of some like silver hammered bolo tie yes. neck brooches. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely she's got those, like the hammered metal earrings that my mom, I remember my mom having. I have all my um, mom's giant earrings. So what were your favorite looks? I mean, did, does I, there was a white like um like uh you know shoulder to ankle coat yes, that yes. I was just kind of getting horny for any yeah. anybody else? Yeah, totally, mm. totally. Well, here's the thing. I um I love a shoulder pad. I do. Yeah. I love love a shoulder padded silhouette and the, I that just this movie reminded me you don't you you can still wear those shoulder padded silhouettes. You can. You can't have it all, but you can you cannot. wear shoulder pads. You cannot and have I gotta it tell all. you, Joe, I was reading up, uh, I read an article from the LA Times from when this movie came out about the fashion. And oh. it was great context because they said they actually like softened the shoulder pads of the day for her. Oh. And that, you know, and that that was like notable. If you were us in 1987, you would have watched this film and be like, oh, oh, they've kind of smoothed it out a little bit. So no. it's a nice kind of mid. Yeah. A midi shoulder pad. Fascinating. Yeah, because, it, because watching now, you're like, that is a lot of pad. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it did. It did make me I, I uh, was doing a lot of vintage shopping this summer and I stocked up on shoulder pads after Ooh. after rewatching the boom. What I think is interesting is her immediate transition to rural fashion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Her like kind of prairie. Yes. She suddenly she has all, an yeah. all new wardrobe. It's like how yeah. like where did this come from? Did she stop at L.L. Bean on the way to Vermont? Um, because clearly these are not clothes that J.C. Wyatt Tiger Lady was wearing. Well, this so, is 88, yeah. right? So 87. So, so I mean, you can like smell the 90s coming, right? Like, mm -hmm. like we're about to have northern exposure and we're about to have like things are going to get kind of soft. You know, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It's yeah. Coming. She I mean, she's definitely a trendsetter. So she mm -hmm. stopped at like the future of L.L. Bean there I we guess, go. on the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she she looks amazing. She said apparently she was quoted saying that this was the first movie she made where her dad liked the clothes, which I just find amazing wow um yeah Weird. like that's a i i don't i mean i would love to dive into that uh with diane but um, diane you're invited Weird. yeah and then you know well it makes me the the clothes discussion makes me think about like the trad wifeness of it all mm -hmm. and joe you are your trad wife content on on instagram or you know anti-trad wife content i don't want to mischaracterize it is tremendous oh, and i you. was thinking about like how this movie you know i was like is this a movie about the fantasy that like about the idea that women are kind of complex and want to do lots of things or is this a movie about how women would do better if they all had babies and moved to the country and and picked apples I don't think that Nancy Myers would have written that movie, but yeah. I will yeah. say that's it does seem to send this message. Get out of the corporate workforce. And wouldn't you be happier? Wouldn't you be happier in the country with this slower, supposedly slower paced job? Although, I mean, like let's running an applesauce factory is not nothing. 
everyone. Yeah, she she takes it from nothing to millions of dollars in about 12 minutes. Too. And I also think that at that point, she definitely has full-time childcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like a She's lady in with that, like a doily dress. Is this the older woman? In the background a lot. It's an older, 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 older woman yeah. who appears, but it's not child care. Maybe is not that's a, a ghost. Child, that, well, that house is haunted. So, of course, the <laughs> ghost just comes and takes care of the baby. But child care is not something that is that ex, is explicitly they don't discussed. Talk about it. Well, they no. do interview. She does interview all those babysitters. Oh, and there's the one who like has sex while she's like she naked has... and she comes home and then there's like there's jc yeah it's victoria jackson who right, right. was so funny and oh then my went, God. became maga victoria yeah. jackson i know we lost her to the to mm. the cause um, yeah i i do want to touch on before we go just the moment the like maternal instinct of it all mm-hmm. i was very uncomfortable with the scenes where she you know she she gets delivered the baby she she's you know fastening the diaper with duct tape she's holding it away from her she's feeding it like you know uh high-end meals and she doesn't know what to do with it and then in the span of like a 90 second montage she kind of discovers her maternal instinct and she you know falls in love it was there all all along yeah that gave me kind of hives why why did that make me feel so weird Mm-hmm. Well, and so so many movies do this, right? They they just they act like the maternal instinct is exactly that that it is a maternal instinct and is something inherent in all women and make it seem as if the transition from non-mother to mother is just easy and seamless because we were meant to do this. And it does a real disservice to the majority of mothers. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for all mothers. My transition from non-mother to mother was fucking hard. And yeah. I think it was... same I think it was harder because everything that I had seen made it look like this would just kick in automatically. Even if you're the tiger lady, even if you've never wanted a baby or considered having a baby and one is thrown at you by a strange cousin who had a had a very confusing discombobulated will, um, that you, you, it's inside you. It's innate. It wasn't inside me. I, it was learned behavior, not natural behavior for me. And I felt worse because all of these movies had made it seem like it should just be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all you have to do is play some soft rock. I think that, and it will like, lure it out. One thing that I'm thinking about, like, you know, aside, kind of like looking at the movie from a vibe standpoint instead of a plot standpoint, which, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying yeah, that you should it. or not, but yeah, um, like, what I'm thinking about is, although nothing has changed, we've established since 1987 for women in the workplace, um. I do think that this movie, looking at it in its moment and thinking about my mom again, like, and our moms, maybe, it was talking to them about Mm. the many things that pulled on them and maybe their sense that they had more that was pulling on them in a different way than their moms had experienced. Mm -hmm. And this movie Mm -hmm. was was reflecting that back to them Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. making them feel less alone. You know, and and they didn't have social media and they didn't have like all the ways, all the things that we're talking about right now, like openly, like maybe was less of a conversation in 1987. Maybe it was happening, you know, over a coffee or a glass of wine once in a while. My mom was certainly on the phone with her girlfriends all the time. But I think this movie was a huge motion picture that like um, was like we said, was acknowledging like, hey, this this doesn't work very well. <laughs> this doesn't work yeah. very well. Yeah. And it it did, much as Roger Ebert said, deliver an answer, an alternative. Mm-hmm. But that, that alternative was a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, and my mom was living that, that uh, tension, living in that tension and um, struggling up against these systems. And this movie spoke to her. And totally. I, yeah, so you I, know, you know, I think that's a Miranda, I think like, that's a good point that like, who was this movie for? I know I've definitely heard my mother talk about that. Yeah, her and her girlfriends did talk about it. But there was kind of this unspoken understanding that in order to like, advance 
women's like the woman's project, right? Their generation had to just kind of take all of it and try to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And um and I mean it goes back to the have it all piece. And certainly people had creative ways of doing that. Like my mother had um a very serious career, but it was, you know, like I think both of your mothers a little more flexible. It was, you know, she worked for herself. Yeah. She um she could change kind of her schedule year to year. She had mm-hmm. creative childcare and but she did have to like answer the call of both motherhood and work and she felt like I, I think she's explained this to me she couldn't really complain about any of it because right. her mother was you know kind of like depressed in in her house her whole childhood mm-hmm. right yeah. mm-hmm. and so so you know when you say it that way i do feel like i'll i'll let the maternal instinct montage pass because it was kind of honoring the experience of the women of that generation that like, you know, they did like being mothers and they did want to be mothers and that that, you know, should be respected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I find myself pretty much at the same point as, as your mom. I work full time. I make I don't even know how many podcasts I'm making right now. So many podcasts. I, it's 12. Is it 12? <laughs> it's not 12. It's not 12. It's 12, okay. 12 books. 12 books. You know, um, I, I'm writing books. <laughs> Guys, pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance. It's amazing. Woo-hoo! It's the book of the summer. Um, I write books. I'm like, I am working all day long. And yet I have created this life for myself where I can be a very present parent, where I can be very flexible, where I can take off yeah. if I have to. I have full-time childcare, except, you know, my babysitter is now going to nursing school. So... I work around everyone I'm else's happy for schedule. Her. Our thoughts I'm so, are with you in this challenging time. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so happy, so happy for her. Uh, it does mean that you know, in order to accommodate everyone and make sure everyone lives lives their lives up to their potential and their gets to fulfill their dreams, I have I my childcare ends at three thirty every day, which is right when drop off or when pickup is. So yeah, um, but I can't complain. I have so much help. I have a lot of flexibility. And I get to do a job that I love. It's intensely overwhelming, but I feel like I'm not, I, I shouldn't complain because so many other women have it worse than I do. Yeah. Well, Joe, so I'll ask you one last question before I let you go, which is that, you know, given that you're bringing us back to your own situation, if you were to remake Baby Boom, you know, let's say 40th anniversary, it takes a while oh, to get movies made, right? Totally. What? What happens in Baby Boom 40? Well, it's Hillary Duff, right? <laughs> Hillary Duff. I mean, everything should be Hillary Duff. Everything <laughs> should be Hillary Duff. I'm a, I, I might propose that on social media, that they should remake. She's the Diane Keaton of She's our generation. She's the Diane Keaton of our generation. And so, yes, I would, I would, like, <clears> to see <throat> Hiller, I would like to see Hillary Duff as, as J.C. Wyatt. I do not think that the job would be... Um, that the men in the job would be so so forthcoming about their misogyny. Obviously, we have so much more veiled misogyny in the workforce these days. Also, I don't think that it would be... I'd like to see women bosses that are the ones that what? are telling her that she can't do this. Because I'm sorry, yeah. some of the some of the most difficult bosses that I have had when it comes to dealing with my childcare situations have been women. And that sucks, but it is true. They've oh, yeah. also been... They've also been mothers. And sometimes it's because, like, you know what, I I did this. I I made it work for me. Why can't you make it work for you? Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be much more realistic if it were Ooh. also female bosses that are making it difficult for her to stay in a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Miranda? What would you add to Ooh, well, the, the rewrite? Well, I would vote for Sarah Snook instead of Hillary Duff. Oh, wow! Very my, different. My very different. Different. But, uh, different yeah. movie. Really good totally belts, but movie. great belts and Ugh, blazers. Could she wear a belt? I mean, look yeah. at those those backless things that she wore on Succession oh. all the time. Like we'd yes. see so much oh, yeah. back, and then like a okay. turtleneck, but no back. All right, so she definitely wins on style. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's my. Uh, oh gosh, I love your point. I hadn't thought of that. I I was reading. Um, Elise Lowen's newsletter. Oh, she has yeah, a podcast yeah. too this morning, actually. And it was all about basically um, 
competition where like women, a sense of scarcity that women feel yes. and that motivates us to be competitive with each other instead of supporting each other and arguing that men don't experience that sense of scarcity that we do that makes us more inclined to not help each other out, um, which I was like, oh, wow, that's a great point. <laughs> so I would love to see that huh. yeah, kind of reflected. Um, and maybe then it could be a fairy tale about how then they all support each other and it all works out. <laughs> I don't know. They all quit at the same they all quit at the same time uh, and start a co-op. Uh, yes, there we go. And can we have a really good like fuck you speech? That's that's all I want. We need that I for love, sure. I love a fuck you speech. Fuck the patriarchy fuck, speech. Oh my okay. gosh. The patriarchy. Yes, and then they all do yes. like a co-housing situation. They all like oh. again aloe parenting and it's all the yeah. women and they they're then so have aloe parenting. Yeah. Then it's Kate then it's Kate and Allie, okay, which I also think should be remade. What's that? Kate and Allie. What's that? Yeah, what's that? No idea. What? what? No. What are you talking about? You're being sarcastic. Uh, no, no, I, really I don't, don't know, know what you're talking about. No idea. Tell us. Joe, <laughs> I have to. I can't believe I have to. I have to Google this, this interview. Okay. All Go. right. All right. Oh <laughs> my! You're just gonna. I'm, we're just. We're just gonna Part end two. this episode on whatever Kate Nelly <gasps> is. Oh, an American with Joe Cliffhanger. Ooh. Well. Okay. Well, right. and I will just say very quickly <laughs> that you can follow Joe on Instagram at Joe Piazza Author or subscribe to her Substack over the influence. You can buy the Sicilian Inheritance April second, and you can pre-order it. You bet your butt you can bet now. <laughs> um, anything else, Joe, that you want to tell our listeners other than that they should watch whatever Kate and Allie is? I'm just, I'm, I, I'm flabbergasted, guys. Flabbergasted. Wow. We, no. we have so much to learn from you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I will, I will come back. I will be back. No, just, yes. you know, guys, pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance. It talks about all of these things. It talks about women and ambition and agency. And can we work? Can we be mothers and still fulfill Ooh. all of our dreams? Like, it is a twisty-turny murder mystery adventure with all of these subplots. Sold. And in Italy, which is in, just exactly. kind of so it's like a also a beach everything. read kind of. It's a beach read. It's yeah. a beach read that says take down Beautiful. the fucking patriarchy. Okay, that's mm. all I'm looking mm. for. This is all I want. Yeah, I know better than a I nude know. beach. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for joining us. Uh, everyone, get out there and watch Baby Boom and buy Joe's book. And uh, yeah, let's see. This has been Mother Culture, and like my mom always said, I don't. You know, I don't think of you as a woman, right? Mother Culture is produced by Opus Knox Media with music by It's Electric. Follow us on Instagram at Mother Culture Show and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to feed the all-knowing algorithm by liking, following, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Thank you. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash motherculturepod, where you can follow us for free or become a paid member for just $5 a month, which honestly doesn't even get you a latte in major American cities these days. You'll support our production and receive some serious perks.